Indeed, O oh God, we are a people who stand only in the perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ. There is no merit that we bring. What a, what a foolish notion to believe, to ever believe that there was enough goodness in us to merit your, your acceptance. There is no righteousness in me, nor in any of us, O oh God. There, it is those things that we call our righteousness, your word calls filthy rags. And yet, it is for people like us that you have found a way for forgiveness to flow freely to them through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, through his merit, through his death, through his bearing of the sins of his people. We now are not simply forgiven. We are that, but we are people who are in union with Christ Jesus. What a grand message it is to preach, O oh God. What a grand confidence it gives to our souls that we are safe. Safe because of the finished work of Christ. Father, our, um, our world is not so safe. It is war, it seems, in a lot of places. And we, on Friday, remembered a great war. A war that took a whole lot of sacrifice on the, on the part of many. And we bless you, O oh God, for those men and women who, who paid so dearly on the altar of freedom that we might enjoy such bounty and liberty today. And yet, O oh God, war still exists. It is the scourge of mankind. It is the, it is the result of our sin. And I pray, O oh God, that you will use the church of Jesus Christ to point people where peace might be found. In a relationship with Jesus Christ, O oh God, the world of Islam and its terror will not be stopped by bombs. It will be stopped when the people of God recognize that we have a message that will change the inner souls of man. And I pray that the church of Jesus Christ would rise up with great zeal to announce and proclaim where forgiveness and hope might be found. Our Father, we thank you for this season. It's a time where we can give. It's a time where our families begin to gather. And yet, Father, the holidays are a time that expose the fracture in our families and I pray that this season might be different, that somehow the oil of gladness might be poured in our families and that we might sense a new unity and a new love for one another. Now, Father, uh, we pray that you'll prepare us for this sacrament in a few minutes, and we thank you for the privilege now that is ours to give. We pray, of course, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Open your Bibles with me to Psalm 107, and while you're finding that, let me say you too can sing in such an outstanding choir. The rehearsals are every Wednesday night. Before I read what is going to be my text, I need to explain a couple of things. I think most of you know this, but if you're visiting, you're, we need to catch you up to speed. We're in the midst of a series here at Gracie Van entitled Living Outside the Shire, and I would love to... If, you, if that confuses you, I'd love to explain that to you, but can't do it this morning, or I can't do it from the pulpit. I can do it if you'd like to know. I'd love to tell you about what you mean by, by living outside the Shire. But on the second Sunday of every month, we interrupt whatever it is that we're doing 
And we uh, enjoy <clears throat> this sacrament known as the Lord's Supper. Guys, I, you know, they, they, they say that um, familiarity breeds contempt. And, and maybe, maybe we're guilty. Maybe, maybe this has become so familiar that it's, uh, we don't understand its profundity. And, and I, I, um, I can simply say this to you. There's something, there's something particularly mysterious and spiritual about this sacrament. I'm not sure that I can explain it all to you, but we are, we believe in the Protestant world that Jesus Christ is present when this sacrament is taken by faith. So, um, what we do is interrupt whatever we're doing and, and pause to consider this. Because in a way, there's, there's more participation that takes place in this service than in the other four of the month. Because you have to do something. And what I'm trying to do in these Lord's Suppers is get out of your way and let you do it. Now, having said that, you may recall that last month, here's what I said to you, and I'm going to do that for this month and then, and then January, and then we'll, we'll perhaps try to do something else. But you remember the story that was told, or that perhaps you've read in the life of David, it's toward the end of David's life, and, well, that's not true. That's not true. That's wrong. It's, um, David is a young man, and he is, um, there's a story in 2 Samuel 23 where he's hanging out with some of his friends. He calls them the three mighty men. And he, and he makes this statement that they overhear. And he says, oh, I sure would love to have a drink of water from the, bell, uh, from the well at Bethlehem. And, you know, he just groans and says, I'd love to have a drink out of that well. And so the three mighty men hear that and they say, and they get together and they say, um, let's go get him one. And so they break through enemy lines and go into occupied territory and they get a uh, drink of water from the well at Bethlehem for their uh, king, David. And the point is, if you love that king, you really want to give him what he wants. And so if you love the king of kings, doesn't it make sense that you want to give him what he wants? Now, with that in mind, with that little story in mind... What we're trying to do is simply give the king what he wants. Last month we looked at uh, confession of sin and we spent our time with the elements confessing our sin. This morning I want you to, I mean, and, there's, and we could do this for the, until Jesus comes again because there's a lot of things that pleases, a lot of things that please the king, but we're only going to do a couple of three. We did confession last month. We're going to do thanks this morning. And I don't think it really takes much convincing for you to let you know that the Bible um, really, de- or that God really delights in thanks. I, I don't think I have to convince you of that. But what I want to do is show you just some passages that mention it, and then make a couple of comments, and then we're going to go right to the supper. So if you've got, if you've turned to Psalm 107, let me do this real quickly. We're not going to read Psalm 107. I just want to tell you a little bit about what it's about, and then we're going to look a bit at Psalm 50, and then we're we're, we're moving on. But uh, Psalm 107 begins this way. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble. Now, guys, what the author of this psalm does is he, he calls the people of God to thanks and let the redeemed participate. And then he gives you some examples of people who have been redeemed. Notice verse 4. Some wandered in desert places. Verse 8. Let them thank the Lord. Then uh, verse 10. Some sat in darkness. That is, some of the redeemed wandered in desert places. Some of the redeemed, they sat in darkness. Look, verse 15. Let them thank the Lord. Verse 17. Some were fools through their sinful ways. I, that's where I found myself. <laughs> the, the, the part of the redeemed that's described as the fools. That's, that was me. But notice in verse 21, it says, let them thank the Lord. 
Verse 23. Some of them went down to the sea in ships. Verse 31. Let them thank the Lord. Do you see what the psalmist is doing? Let the redeemed of the Lord. Some of you are like this. 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 But let all the redeemed thank the Lord. And then um, in, in Psalm 50, um, there's a couple of sentences, and we could, we could spend a lot of time, but I, I don't have it. Um, verse 14 uh, in Psalm 50 says, Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and perform your vows to the Most High. But I think the, the one that stirs me the most is this verse 23 of Psalm 50, where the psalmist simply says, The one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. Now, guys, if you've ever wondered, if you've ever had any questions about how you can bring glory to God, here's one way. He who offers thanksgiving, he who sacrifices thanksgiving, that, that, no doubt about it, no question, no discussion, no debate, that, says the psalmist, that glorifies me. So I'm simply saying that let's give the king what he wants. Now, let me, let me, kind, of, let me kind of entice you uh, with a couple of stories, and then we'll get with it. Hopefully it'll entice you. <laughs> um, I think most of you know the story about Israel. Israel was in bondage in Egypt, and then God brings Israel out with this strong arm um, through those 10, 11 plagues. And they are out of Egypt, and, and the army of Egypt begins to follow them. Remember that? And they come to the Red Sea, and they say, oh, we're done for now. And, and uh, God says to Moses, what are they, get them across the, and he parts the Red Sea, and they walk through dry shot. You know that story. And then the army of Egypt follows them in, and the waters cover them, and they're all destroyed. That is in chapter 14 of the book of Exodus. Chapter 15 in the book of Exodus is a song, or at least most of it is. It's Moses' song. Right after they came out of the Red Sea. I mean, they still got some, uh, some dust on their sandals from the Red Sea. And they've just watched the, the army of Israel just get wiped away. And I mean, Moses sings a song. At the end of that same chapter where the song is, right after the Red Sea in chapter 15, three days later. Three. Like the uh, Red Sea was on Monday, this happened on Thursday. Something like that. They come to a place where they don't have any water, or at least the water is bitter. And I mean, they begin their complaining. No, oh, Moses, why'd you bring us out here? We don't have any water, yada, 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 yada. And God says, well, then take that tree, throw it in the water, and it'll be sweet. So he does that, and they have water. Chapter 16 opens with um, telling us 45 days after the Red Sea. So that would be 42 days after the bitter water. That means six weeks later, they're out in the desert and they're, they've had, they're, they're fed up because they don't have any meat. We ain't got no meat, Moses. And um, Moses goes to them and says, God has heard your grumbling. He's heard your murmuring. And he's none too happy about it. Now, guys, isn't that ugly? I mean, don't you think, that, doesn't that just strike you as ugly? After all that God had done, three days. Three days later. I mean, God doesn't like it, and I don't like it either. I mean, I think that's ugly. 
Don't you remember? I mean, didn't you hate it when your kids did that to you? You know, you take them to Disney World and you pour your... This past summer, my wife had this, this, this cute idea of uh, what we call cousin camp. And so we flew one of the grandsons in from Washington, D.C., my little Russian orphan grandson, Kolya. We flew him in, and then we brought the other two grandsons from Midtown over to our house, and they spent the whole week with us at cousin camp. And, I mean, we absolutely dumped our blood on the table for them. You know, it was, um, uh, it, it was vacation Bible school in the morning, and then Susie would take him to some fun place to eat lunch. And then they'd swim all afternoon. And then they'd go to another fun place for supper. And then they'd come to our house and watch a fun video. And then they'd have this fun dessert. And then they'd go to bed. And I mean, we were, I mean, Susie particularly, I mean, but we were just, well, we come to the last day, Friday night. And the Midtown grandsons had already gone back to Midtown. And, and it was just Colia left in our home. And, and um, he was going to, we were going to put him on a plane the next morning and fly back to his mom and dad. And, and so I decided that I was going to take, you know, granddad, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm going to take just uh, me and Cole, you know, my grandson, and we're going to go out and we're going to, we're going to have a little granddaddy, uh, grandson time, you know. And so I, um, I decided, come on here, son, I'm going to take you up to, I'm going to go get you some ice cream. And so just the two of us, just the two, we went to Ben and Jerry's and I spent four bucks on a, on a, on a scoop of ice cream and, and that really made me mad. Um, but I mean, it was, we sat at one of those tall tables and it was really a dear little sweet time. I mean, just, oh, interchange, you know, and it was, it was one of those things that I had hoped it would be. So we finished that up, got in the car, we were driving down Johnson Road back to my house. And I said, well, son, um, you know, we're going to have to get a bath and, um, and go to bed. And, um, he said, I want to take a bath in Grand Susie's bathtub. Now, Grand Susie's bathtub is, <laughs> Grand Susie's Susie. Grand says, um, is big and got those little jets, you know, to blow the water. And, but if you put them in there, you, you got a 30 minute cleanup job afterwards. And I said, um, I said, Cole, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to take a bath in Grand Susie's bathtub. We're going to take a bath upstairs in your bathroom. And I mean, he went into the pout mode. Little lip stuck out, you know, and I thought, You twit. What do you think you're doing? Do you not know how I have poured myself out for you this week? Is that not ugly? Gang, I I, I didn't tell you that story to let you know how how sinful is my grandson. In fact, he's no more sinful than his granddad. I told you that story to just give you a taste of what our murmuring might sound like in heaven. You little twit. After all the ice cream. Guys, I don't know about you, but I don't want to become a grumpy old man. And in light of all the ice cream that God has given me, and in the knowledge that thanksgiving gives him pleasure and glorifies this God who redeemed me in Christ Jesus, I, 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 I'm looking forward to a few short minutes of thanking him. You know, there's a story in the New Testament, Luke 17, 
Some of you know this story. Jesus heals ten lepers. Remember that? He heals ten lepers, and they all are so excited about being healed, and they run home, and, and um, one of them stops in the in his tracks and says, Oh, I didn't thank you. So he turns around and goes back to thank Jesus, and he comes back to thank Jesus, and Jesus says, uh, Hey, uh, weren't there ten of you guys? And only one came back to thank me? My brother and sister in Christ. How about this? Let's be the one. What do you say? My, my brother and sister in Christ, be the one. It glorifies the Father. Let me make one quick suggestion and we'll... While we're doing this, you may want to start in your own time of worship with just a minute or two of confession over our Colia-like behavior. We all got a Colia strength in us, guys. But here's, here's a suggestion. You don't have to follow my suggestion. You can do it any way you want to do it. Do it. But here's just, I just thought I'd guide you just a little bit. We're going to serve you the bread first, as we always do. And then we're going to take about three or four minutes in there, and we're just going to be quiet. And we're just going to give you three or four minutes. It's a little bit longer than that because they have to deliver the, the elements to you. But in that time, why don't you use that first element to thank God for things that are spiritual? Things like forgiveness, hope, things like... Um, assurance and guidance, things like comfort. Thank Him for His Word. Thank Him, thank him for hope. And then in the second element, when we get to the, uh, the, the, the emblem of His blood, use that time to thank Him for things physical. Things like your husband. Or your wife. Thank him for um, your health or your job or your home or healthy kids or thank him for health insurance or friends or, or a full stomach. Surely, surely we have not grown so jaded, or have we? My brother and sister in Christ. Be the one. If you're here today without a relationship with this God of ours, one of the saddest parts of, one of the saddest features of your position is that you have no one to thank. For the rest of us, you're invited to come and meet me at the table. Let's pray. Our Father, I do pray that this time will, will glorify you, that your people will find welling up in their souls such, a, such an outpouring of thanksgiving for your kindness towards us. Father, you have you've given us more ice cream. You have given us the full assurance that our sin is forgiven and that we are accepted before your bar of justice. Now, Father, 
as we remember the event that accomplished that for us, we ask you in Christ's name to meet us here. For Jesus' sake.